Welcome to Superside Science, where we feature research and discoveries nationwide enabled by advanced computing technology and expertise at the Texas Advanced Computing Center of the University of Texas at Austin. I'm Jorge Salazar, a science writer at TAC. Sometimes a container isn't just a container, not when it comes to the deadly HIV-1 virus. The HIV-1 virus is wrapped in a double layer of fatty molecules called lipids that not only serves as its container, but also plays a key role in HIV-1's replication and infectivity. Scientists have used supercomputers to complete the first ever biologically authentic computer model of the HIV-1 virus liposome, its complete spherical lipid bilayer. These results were published January 2022 in the journal PLOS Computational Biology. What's more, this study comes fresh off the heels of a new atomistic model of the HIV-1 capsid, which contains its genetic material. This work came out in November 2021 in the journal Science Advances. The scientists were awarded supercomputer allocations and training by Exceed, the extreme science and engineering discovery environment funded by the National Science Foundation. Through Exceed, they use the Stampede 2 system at the Texas Advanced Computing Center and Bridges at the Pittsburgh Supercomputing Center. Additionally, they used Grizzly at the Los Alamos National Laboratory, Blue Waters at the National Center for Supercomputing Applications, and the Frontera system here at TAC. Here to discuss their findings are study co-authors Alex Breyer and Juan Perilla, both at the University of Delaware, where Breyer is a PhD student in the Perilla Laboratory, and Perilla is an assistant professor in the Department of Chemistry and Biochemistry. Drs. Breyer and Perilla, welcome to Supersized Science. Thanks for the invitation. Yeah, thank you. Tell us about the main findings of this study. Sure, yeah, so I will get into that. Uh, as you correctly noted, the envelope uh, does act as a container to contain many components relevant to the virus, such as the protein capsid and its genetic material, but it also serves other purposes and it has chemical characteristics that imbue it with certain mechanical properties uh, that we were interested in understanding a little bit better as it relates to the life cycle using a very complex chemical model composed of 24 different chemical species. Our research revealed some of the characteristics of something called membrane asymmetry. Membrane asymmetry is when the leaflets that comprise the bilayer of the envelope are made of different chemical constituents. So in previous studies, uh, oftentimes membranes are constrained in their complexity and the models do not capture the asymmetry that is inherent to the biological envelope. So our model did contain asymmetry, which was important. And something that we were interested in was looking at a mechanism that's known colloquially as lipid flip-flop, um, which is when lipids in one of the leaflets of the bilayer are moved or transported to the other leaflet so they can exchange molecules and for various purposes, such as achieving a dynamic equilibrium. So our simulation showed that the asymmetry can occur spontaneously without the aid of proteins. And over a five microsecond simulation, we showed that the flip-flop can maintain a particular asymmetric composition within very tight tolerances. We noted that as a key finding. We were also interested in the formation of these special regions on the surface of the vesicle that we call microdomains. 
For HIV, it's known that these domains form and act as a target for the localization of membrane proteins. One in particular is known as GP41, um, is critical for membrane fusion, which is the process of HIV joining with the host cell membrane. So it's thought that GP41 localizes to these domains. And what we showed was that these microdomains can form in the vesicle without the aid of protein. So they seem to emerge spontaneously from a particular lipid mixture. Those were some of our interesting findings. Um, beyond that, the paper details our high-performance analyses, which um, we hope can serve as a foundation for others in the future, you know, working with such large-scale, immense systems. I think I would add to, to what Alex just said is address the lack of protein in the system and by all means, it's a very unique simulation. It's very unique because what Alex just brought up, one of those is the chemical complexity in terms of the lipid components. Nothing like this has ever been simulated ever, but it's biologically relevant. You know, it's not like you just came up with the mixture out of the blue. And we, we made a couple of important observations. Alex touched base on some of those for instance, asymmetry, maintaining asymmetry. But what was surprising for us is this dynamic equilibrium that the vesicles show. So things are moving in and out, but the overall composition is not changing. And that was surprising. We didn't expect that, right? And, and we had a control with different curvature, flat membrane, and... And that system didn't show that dynamic echo. I mean, it was in dynamic equilibrium, but it was not so dynamic. It lacked dynamics, right? It was static. It was in a static equilibrium, whereas the, the vesicle was in dynamic equilibrium. Right? And I think that was very, like for me, it was unexpected. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's a key result from our result. Now, computationally, these are very unique simulations because of the number of degrees of freedom that it involved. They are unique. Nobody's ever walked this path before. So we're, you know, walking through the dark. And when you walk through the dark, you don't know where you're going, right? And that's kind of what Alex has been doing. He's been walking through the dark and blind and trying to come up with what's going on, some things make sense, some things don't make sense, but ultimately we come up with the same conclusion. The tools out there are not up to the task to help us see beyond where we are. So Alex spent a lot of time, you know, writing computer software, like doing a lot of software engineering, working with Exit, Frontieras. I mean, he has all this experience on all these computing platforms and trying to answer very simple questions is like, why do we have this difference, different behavior between curved membranes versus flat membranes? And I think um, getting back to the original point is like, yeah, we, we we've characterized this lipid only system, but now we have a baseline now we have something to compare when we put the proteins back in. And that's part of what Alex is doing right now is, okay, we have the proteins in there and 
we have all this tool set that's been developed over the past couple of years. How, how is that tool set gonna answer the questions that we have, which are, why is asymmetry being maintained? Seems artificial. Would you expect if you have a gradient in the concentration, it would just equilibrate, but the, the curvature is different inside and outside, right? You have positive curvature versus negative curvature, and that seems to be in dynamic equilibrium. So Alex spent, I mean, he's discovered by himself this dynamic equilibrium. He's discovered this dynamic equilibrium doesn't exist in flat membranes. There is an static equilibrium there, but he's also developed a lot of tools. And he's, I've seen him move from supercomputer to supercomputer trying to, you know, an allocation ends here, but then, okay, we have this computer time there, we have to move things, you know, you have, you have to do that to be um, successful in science, you know, when the machine or the instrument is gonna go down. So he's very, very successful about that, but he's made discoveries and, and the discoveries are very, very key to, to our knowledge of how the virus functions. I mean, granted, this is a baseline, but we don't have proteins, but it's a baseline. Nobody's ever done this for any virus, ever. Nobody's ever done this for, for a system of the complexity that we've done. Now we can ask the question, what happens when you put proteins? You, you cannot do it backwards. You cannot just build a system, put proteins and expect to have an answer. If you don't know what happens, we don't have proteins. And, and, and I think that's, that's, that's what's key about this study is it's a baseline is if you wish hydrogen atom, it's clean, you know, no contamination from proteins. Now we put the proteins in and we start asking new questions. Could you speak a little bit more to the science of um, the science impact, I guess, of, of the work and how this work in, in developing this model of the whole liposome? How does this fit into the, uh, the larger context of scientists around the world um, working on HIV-1 research? Right now, there is a lot of uncertainty in, or, like, or lack of knowledge on, on what's going on with the the viral envelope during infection. And I guess the first study, Alex, you correct me if I'm wrong, came up in 2004, the British paper that actually measured the lipid composition of, of the HIV liposome. There is a lot, a lot of uncertainty in and what's going on with the lipids and at the same time, what's going on with the lipid protein interactions. And I do believe this provide not the answer, but it is it's getting there in what the lipids are doing and what the proteins like integral membrane proteins are doing or could be doing and how things like GP41, the receptors interact with the human receptors, but also how do they transmit that signal, like signal transduction? How is that related to the lipid composition? I, I think HIV in 
is unique or not unique as far as we know is unique in that regard that maturation occurs inside of the virion and we don't have any evidence to support this idea, but a lot of the asymmetry could be related to the maturation stage and life stage of virus. Whether or not that is true or not is yet to be proved. I also think that there is an opportunity for drug development if you can disrupt that lipid asymmetry, as we've seen that asymmetry is maintained by curvature. And if you, I mean, this is pure speculation, if you go develop some sort of small molecule that can affect that asymmetry, it could potentially result in a therapeutic target. I don't know if that's true. I, that's something that is apt to explore. We do know that there are human restriction factors and restriction factors are innate proteins that inhibit HIV. We know that they embed in the membrane and they seem to alter that equilibrium. So why they do it, we don't know, but we provide a piece of the puzzle. You know, is curvature is important, symmetry is important. And, and, and that's where we, we think this whole story fit in into the big HIV picture. What is going to change when we put the proteins in? I don't know. I don't have an answer. I want to know. I'm looking forward to that. Alex is working on that. How is this knowledge that we've derived to HIV? It's going to translate to other viruses, envelope viruses that we care, like SARS-CoV-2. I think it's going to be pivotal because now we have a benchmark. We have a test SARS-CoV-2, we know a lot less about lipid composition. In fact, we know nothing. It's all pure speculation. People built various models based on pure speculation, not data. We've done that too. But now we have a benchmark and we're probing those models we built. But at the same time, we have hard data for HIV. We don't have hard data for SARS-CoV-2. I don't think anybody does. I hope it's going to come out soon. But we, we've been testing the methods. And I think at the end of the day, we are giving a piece of knowledge to the world. I mean, it's something that's never been done in terms of a virus in a quantitative way. In terms of the significance to HIV one in particular, and as Juan mentioned, you know, no one has simulated a bilayer with this chemical complexity yet, and let alone at the scale we did at 150 nanometers. So I think that uh, the chemical complexity, the scale, and the steps that we took to analyze and to understand this lipid bilayer better, I think. I hope that that will contribute again, you know, to HIV-1, but as Juan said, other envelope viruses, you know, SARS-CoV-2, I hope that we contribute in that way, you know, to bettering the understanding of lipids and how they're, the complex mixture of lipids within a bilayer confers macroscopic properties that enable infection. You've been listening to Alex Breyer and Juan Perea 
of the University of Delaware. Supersized Science is part of the Texas Podcast Network, the conversations changing the world, brought to you by the University of Texas at Austin. The opinions expressed in this podcast represent the views of the hosts and not of the University of Texas at Austin. For the Texas Advanced Computing Center, I'm Jorge Salazar.